0: Well, good morning. Uh, Welcome to St. Paul's Bush Street. We're so glad uh, you're here with us today and welcome if you're joining us online. Two out of my my three daughters uh, sent me their Christmas lists three weeks ago without me even asking, mind you. And with only 21 shopping days left until Christmas, uh, homes are being decorated and our city blazes with twinkling lights at night. But read around the world for the first Sunday of Advent, our reading this morning strikes a very different tone. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, says Jesus, describing a state of rather merciless catastrophe, like there's no mention of peppermint lattes. Being a diverse community uh, with people at different stages of their spiritual journey, not everyone here grew up observing the season of Advent and with our city just pushing us from Thanksgiving turkeys to Christmas trees, right, like one consumer feeding frenzy into the next. Yet, the global church gives us this season of Advent as a time to prepare our hearts to receive the simply astounding gift of God coming to earth in the infant Jesus. And while Christmas gifts are beginning to be wrapped and put under trees, Advent brings gifts as well. But they are hard-edged gifts, sharp and pointed. And while we may not want them, if we're patient with Advent, I think we'll see how we need them. So we got three Advent gifts today. Number one, permission to tell the truth. Number two, God works in the dark. And number three, waiting for Jesus. But quickly, first, uh, a little bit of context to our reading. Uh, In it, uh, Jesus is coming to the end of his three years of uh, public work, and he's beginning to now prepare his inner team of disciples for his approaching death. And the suffering he's just warned them about is actually the impending destruction by the Romans in AD 70 of the temple in Jerusalem, which was the center of civic and religious life for the whole nation of Israel. It still hasn't been rebuilt to this day. And while that looming catastrophic event wasn't the end of the world, it was the end of a world. And it led to the Jews once again becoming a people in exile, which is why such cosmic and apocalyptic language is used. And then our reading this morning that we just heard from Jared, Jesus describes a time when the sky will be rolled up, the moon smudged out, the stars will fall like raindrops, and the Son of Man, a a Jewish title for the Messiah, will return on the clouds in glory. Lines often understood to refer to the eventual second coming of Jesus, right? Like we're about to celebrate the first coming of Jesus, Christmas. Uh, But the second coming being when Jesus uh, returns to finally write the closing chapter in the disastrous book, that human beings have written called history. But because Jesus also says, truly I tell you this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place, it's increasingly thought more likely that Jesus here is actually referring to his impending crucifixion. When we know the sun was snuffed out and darkness covered the face of the earth, And at his trial, Jesus warned the high priest he was about to see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven, his crucifixion being his greatest moment of glory. Regardless, one thing that is clear, while we will not know when Jesus is going to return a second time, even the end of the world is in God's hands. Now, let's get to those sharp-edged advent gifts number one permission to tell the truth our world is not okay i'm not okay you're not okay the radical honesty we will encounter in these advent bible readings it forces aside all forms of denial a polite piety and cheap cheer we can stop posturing and pretending we can say out loud world's a mess. And it'll be fantastic when Jesus comes again. Because most of the time, God feels nakedly absent. Like we can stop trying to pretend that God's hiddenness is okay. It hurts. It's confusing. Where are you, God? In the middle of whatever HR drama has sucked up your work week or the next dead child in the Holy Land. We're surrounded by evil, suffering, And and we're we're not sure our faith is going to endure what our eyes have to reluctantly look at. Like, do you have a plan, God? The first gift of Advent is permission to tell the truth, even if the truth is laced with tears. And, And we get to shed our greeting card assumptions of how God operates, not like Santa. And we get real. We live in a culture that is a culture of denial and spin, a culture of apathy and hedonism. And it's into that culture that Advent calls us to speak the truth that the world is a mess and we need God to show up. I want God to show up and I want God to stay because we were created for intimacy with a just, holy, gracious, merciful God. And when that's missing, Life is just so much more painful and empty. The reason for the season is that everything is not okay. Jesus came into the world because of human sin. I'm not okay, you're not okay. And it is such a gift to be able to say it out loud. Sharp edge gift number two, God works in the dark. I'm still afraid of the dark. I used a nightlight well into adulthood. I think it has to do with an unfortunate incident involving an enormous stag beetle on my face at night when I was a little girl in Pakistan where my parents were working, but I digress. Uh, So I was really struck by the last verses of our reading. Jesus is telling his disciples to be watchful at all times uh, because there's not going to be a warning about when he will return. And he uses the image of a homeowner who goes away on a trip. And this is what he says. Jesus says, therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at the dawn, or else he might find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The majority of those time slots that the homeowner could show up unannounced, they are in various shades of the nighttime, of darkness. God's moving and acting, drawing near to us in the dark. I tend to look for God in the happy, uh, joyous, or successful parts of of my week. But what if I could meet God in the places in my life that are hard, that are boring, (laughs) that are discouraging or painful? After all, in 21 days, we're going to celebrate that the God of the universe was born in the dark. That's beautiful. Writer Frederick Biekner puts it much better than I could. Those who believe in God can never in a way be sure of God again. Once they've seen God in the stable, we can never be sure where he will appear or to what lengths he will go or what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation God will descend in his wild pursuit of humankind. If holiness and the awful power and majesty of God were present in this least auspicious of all events, this birth of a peasant girl's child, then there's no place or time so lowly and dark that holiness can be present there too. The second sharp-edged gift that Advent brings is that our God also works in the dark. Uh, he sustained us while we all slept last night uh, to growing our capacity to forgive when we're wounded. Uh, he meets us in the faces of our enemies and can give us a desire to be financially downwardly mobile because we've decided to embrace compassion for the poor over consumption for ourselves. Sharp edge get number three, waiting. Waiting for Jesus. All of us here, right, like by definition, we live between the first coming of Jesus Christmas and waiting for his second coming, so we're forced to be people who wait. And that is no easy task in a city which applauds deadlines, shortcuts, end products. Eugene Peterson called the Christian life a long obedience in the same direction. And as our world tries to speed through darkness to the the safety and warmth of the light, Advent reminds us that there are some things really worth waiting for. Make no mistake, there's no avoiding Jesus in the end. The day of our physical deaths will functionally be the same moment for each of us as the wrapping up of the world we will all meet Jesus. And it will be terrifying, and it will be magnificent. And so we wait now with alertness, not because Jesus, um, not only because Jesus tells us he can return at any time, but because we can also encounter him now. Whether you're one of the newly baptized from last week, or you're still spiritually searching, whether your Advent wreath is a family heirloom or all of this is new to you, uh, we each only have one generation to live in. And it's incredibly easy to live your life failing to expect God to show up. And that's so sad because you can meet Jesus today in Advent, in the dark. We're to be alert, not out of fear or worry, not because everything's out of our control and we can't fix anything anyways, but because God is always working, drawing us uh, near to him. And why would you wanna miss out on any of that? Here at St. Paul's, we follow a rhythm of life. It's, um, It's basically a way of saying, I'm gonna live my one and only life, expecting God to show up every day in the dark and in the light. Worship with us each Sunday of Advent. Take one of our Advent devotionals for daily prayer and Bible reading. Give generously to the poor through our reverse Advent bags and the Advent Ask. And there are people in this city who will only ever hear about the joy of Jesus if you invite them, if you invite them to join you this Christmas. The ancient prayer of Advent that Christians around the world have been praying for centuries is simple. It's an Aramaic word, it's one word, Maranatha. And it means, come Lord Jesus. And it's a prayer that you can use all the time, any situation. Uh, But I want us to close now by praying it in two specific ways. I want you to think of one person in your life who you want to know Jesus. I want you to picture them and then pray in your heart, come Lord Jesus. And then I want you to think of a situation of grief and pain. Maybe it's in your own life uh, or it's a situation in the world. And then I want you in your heart to pray, come Lord Jesus. So let's bow our heads and let's pray those two, I pray for those two specific situations, let's pray. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.